Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Today we are talking about identity, calling, and assignment. At our core, we all have a need to know who we are, why we are here, to have purpose, and know what to do with our lives. And we need to get God's perspective on identity, calling, and assignment to fulfill our kingdom destinies. So let's dig in. I'm going to give a brief description of each of these three things. Then we're going to talk about why we're discussing this. And then we're going to dig deeper into each of the identity, calling, and assignment areas. Okay, so identity, it's who you are. It doesn't change, and our identity in Christ is the same for all believers. Calling, and sometimes you hear giftings mixed in with this, it's why you are here. It can change. It could stay the same for a season. You can step into new ones that you aren't aware of. It's more general, and it's over a lifetime. Different from others, there will be others that have the same calling as you, but unlike identity, it's not the same for all. We need to have people with different callings to complete the body of Christ. And finally, assignment. It's specific to you. It's what you do, where you do it, and who you do it with. And it will change. Maybe often, there may be long seasons of a certain assignment, and it could be varied throughout your life. All right, so we need to talk a little bit about fivefold ministry to help understand identity, calling, and assignment. That's the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, the pastor, shepherd, and then the teacher. Part of the problem in the U.S. is that we are pastor, teacher, evangelist heavy. It's like get them saved and then let them wait to get to heaven. But one of the problems with that is that people have an innate desire to be fruitful and to multiply, to have purpose and vision, to be a part of something, not just stay safe, learn, and wait to die to get to heaven. I mean, that might sound a little extreme, but that's what winds up happening if you don't have vision. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. And some versions say where there is no vision, the people perish. So where you don't have revelation or vision, you're either going to cast off restraint or you're going to die. So I think it's pretty important. That's why we're talking about this. So when we focus only on salvation without giving the full gospel of Christ, that he died not just to remove sin so you can go to heaven someday, but so that you can live He died unto something. He died unto life. You know, it's not appealing to say a prayer and then spend the rest of your life trying not to sin. You know, you go to church every Sunday and you're acting like you're fulfilled. You're trying to stay safe until you die. You know, part of a pastor's call is to keep us safe and help us make safe decisions. But if we have too many pastors without the balance of the rest of the fivefold, it's not complete. It's called the fivefold ministry, not the threefold ministry. Just an example of this, I heard a study of moms and dads and their toddlers. So in a park, they found out that moms won't let their toddlers get more than 10 feet away, whereas dads will let their toddlers get 50 feet away from them before they go and get them. But what's the answer to this? We need both. We need someone to keep them close, and we need someone to say, take a risk. You were meant to play. Run. Go climb that tree. If you get hurt, we'll figure that out but do life. In Ephesians 2, it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, 
but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So this is important, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. This is God's word. This is his idea. So the value of the foundation of the apostles and the prophets is not recognized too much in the States. Of course, in some areas, but not so much in most. The apostle, simple definition, a sent one or one sent on a mission. And a prophet is someone who helps set vision for the future. Prophets help with calling, giftings, and assignments. So if someone has good identity, they know who they are in Christ, that's awesome. But if they can't do anything with it, then what's the point? You know, Jesus, he knew who he was. He was constantly telling the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When I speak, I speak what he speaks. What good would it have done for Jesus to know who he was, but not know what he was here for? Think about that. If he didn't know that he was here for a purpose, for the purpose of the cross, that would have been devastating to all mankind. I've worked with young people throughout my life, and when they are discussing or figuring out what to do with their future, I've heard this more than once. Something like, I'm going to be an anesthesiologist because they make good money, or I'm going to be a lawyer because they make good money. But if that's not your calling, then don't do that. You'll miss out, and so will everyone else, because we need you to be you, not a not you. You know, these teenagers are missing someone to help them get vision from God for their future, to help them get sent on a mission. The body is designed to have all parts. We all know what it's like when one part of your body isn't working properly. The rest of your body tries to compensate and your other body parts are not equipped for that. I remember when I broke my finger playing volleyball, I was down to one hand for a while and everything I did, I could only do it with that one hand. The other one was just out of commission. Oddly enough, I was a better shot at basketball with one hand. That's probably not good, (laughs) you know, but I could not have sustained that lifestyle forever. So what if Jesus would have thought, well, carpenters do pretty well. They make okay money. I think I'll just do that. That's much safer than going to the cross. We can't. We have to take a risk to find out what God has called us to and then go further into our individual assignments. That's why we need the prophetic, to help us figure that out and to allow the Lord to use the prophetic through us to help others. All right, so we're going to get a little more detailed about these three different things that we're talking about today. First off will be identity. So again, we said it's who you are and it's at your core. It's the same for all believers. We are all redeemed, restored, children of God. We have every spiritual blessing. We are loved. We are clean. We are washed in the blood. We are born again. We are new creations and we could go on. These things do not change. The good thing about this is if you have a strong understanding of your identity, then when something goes wrong with your assignment, because that will happen, come on, that comes with the territory. In John 16, it says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So if something goes wrong in an assignment or even sometimes you're calling, that doesn't necessarily define you. Your identity in Christ is secure and it does not change. Let's talk about your calling a little more detailed. So why are you here? That's your purpose. It speaks to who you are, not in the same way as the identity does, like at your core, but the calling speaks to who you are. I like to look at it as like an outer layer of who you are. And it's also something that you do. Romans 9, 29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. 
Calling can be more long-term or have a certain season, but typically it's not short. The calling can't be taken away, but you can choose not to do it. You're still going to heaven, but you just may not be fulfilled. I feel like you can't be fulfilled without stepping into your calling. There's something about that like nothing else. You find your lane. And you know people like this. When they're doing that thing, I mean, fill in the blank, when they're building, when they're teaching, when they're working in their garden, you know, they just have a call for nature or something. But whatever it is, it's like butter, right? It's really smooth and it looks good. And if it's you doing it, it feels right. And others can even recognize that, right? And people can learn and they can glean when others are actually flowing in their calling from the Lord. Matthew 10 41 says, whoever welcomes or receives a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Okay, so honor the callings in other people's lives and you can glean from it. You can get their reward from that. Prophets, let's just use that example, you can get a good prophetic word from them. They can teach you how to walk in the supernatural and many other things. And obviously they can help you figure out what your calling and your assignments could be through a good prophetic word. You know, honor people in the trades, carpentry, plumbing. When I'm working on a project, I need their knowledge. I need their giftings. So I benefit from their expertise. I said earlier, it's like butter. (laughs) And what I'm not saying is when you first step into your calling, that it's going to be perfect. It's not. But it will feel different than, let's say you needed money, so you went to work at a gas station, which is fine. You know, some are called to service for sure, and we need service workers. But if your calling is teaching, then it just won't be the same. But even as a brand new teacher, your first job, it won't be easy, but it will feel different. It will have substance and satisfaction and fulfillment if it's really a part of your calling. You can use your calling and your giftings for good or evil. Like the verse, it says it's irrevocable. For example, maybe you're called as a speaker and you just have a natural bend towards that. You could use that gift to speak and get people on board for the wrong things. Or you could use it for what God intended. Share the gospel, speak uplifting things, kingdom things. And I'm not just talking about, you know, preaching. You could speak on all kinds of things that are good in the world. God created all good things, right? So as long as you were using that gifting and that calling for the benefit of yourself and for others. So let's say, for instance, you're called as a writer. You are a writer. It's irrevocable. Even if you never write a book, you are still a writer. Wendy Backlund from Igniting Hope uses a great example of this. She says, we call an apple tree an apple tree even before it produces fruit. You know, you do still get training, of course. You learn, you grow in your gifting and calling, but it's like it's a part of you, which removes some of the fear of failure because if it is your true calling, you already are that thing. So it takes the pressure off. It's part of the benefit of knowing that God has plans for you and he's going to make it possible for you as long as you partner with him and come into agreement with his calling for your life. One of my favorite verses, very well known, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. In Philippians 1, 6, it says, He who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So how do you know your calling? One way is what makes you mad, sad, or glad. And not just what brings you happy, but what brings you joy. If you consistently have a strong response to something, there could be a link to your calling, how God created you, how you're wired. 
and where he intends for you to plug in with your gifts and your callings to bring a kingdom result. Only you can mess up your calling. If you're called, let's just say we've been using the example as a prophet or even as a prophetic person, and we talked about that not being recognized too much, and even hearing from God isn't recognized as much as it should be. You know, I feel like we have so many Christians who aren't listening to God because they don't know that they can hear him. So let's change that. If you're a believer, you are by nature connected to and have the ability to hear God. So let's help people hear from God about all things, but specifically about their callings. Let's say you're called as that prophet or that prophetic person, but no one around you recognizes that prophets still even exist. Or like we talked about, that people even hear from God and are prophetic by nature. So those people around you, they can't stop you from fulfilling your purpose. But if you start believing the lies that no one recognizes the value of the prophetic, kind of the, woe is me, I'm the only one left in this cave, I might as well just die. (laughs) That's what Elijah said in 1 Kings. If you believe those things, then you would be sabotaging yourself. So don't do that. Proverbs 18, 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. I love that verse. The gift makes room for you and it brings you before great men. And I feel like that's a twofold verse. I feel like it means, let's just say, talking about that prophetic example, you know, maybe it'll, maybe the Lord will bring you before leaders to speak a good prophetic word from the Lord to them. But I feel like it also means when you show up in situations with the gift and the calling that God has given you and you release that to people those people around you become great because you are being used of God. You are being used in the way that he created you for, and you are releasing what only you can release to the people around you, and you are making them great. That is kingdom. So if he called you to it, he will make a way. Honor the small ways that you could give a word to a family member or a neighbor or a cashier and watch it grow. When we're talking about calling, it's important to find your people. If you're a hand, it's okay if you know the knee, but you really need to know the arm. We're using that body of Christ concept. You know, ask God to bring those people around you and to bring you around your people and to give you sensitivity to see God moving and then step out and talk to people around you, connect with them. We're about to wrap up on calling, but before we do, I think we need to activate this. So let's ask the Lord to show you something about your calling, your purpose, why you're here. So close your eyes if you're able. We're just going to connect with Holy Spirit for a moment, so pay attention to what you're sensing and what thoughts you have. Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me about my calling? Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me about my calling? You may have just heard one word, like teacher, or good friend, or you bring joy, Or something more specific, like to work with youth, helping them navigate life. Or maybe you had a vision of you working with wood or building. Whatever it was, you can know with confidence that you are here for a purpose, on purpose. All right, so let's talk about assignments. Assignments are what you do, where you do it, who you do it with, and assignments change. And sometimes often, I kind of like change, so that doesn't bother me. You could be at a job or a church for 50 years or five years or five days. That five-day thing is sometimes a saving grace. If something seems to end earlier than you thought, just know that God has a plan 
He knows what he's doing. Your only responsibility is to not shut down your calling. Keep pressing into it and pressing into the Lord. But if an assignment ends early, no sweat. Take it as a blessing because if you've lost grace or the power, like that supernatural ability to do the things at that place with those people at that time, don't hang around if you're not supposed to. It will wind up hurting you and those around you. Stay in the flow of Holy Spirit. Stay in the river of life. Stay connected to the vine. One time I was in the middle of a certain assignment and it was getting rough. And I knew that that assignment was not long-term. It wasn't a, you know, you're in this for life kind of thing. Because the Lord had been very faithful and very clear to communicate that to me so that I didn't get discouraged by the ship turning so slow. Um, most of you probably know what that means, but if you're not familiar with that term, it just means sometimes things happen very slowly and you're all excited about something, but it's not moving forward, (laughs) right? And that can be really discouraging. That's why it says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up because the ship turns slow but don't give up. Okay. Anyway, in the middle of this time, I had asked the Lord, I said, how long will I be here? And he said, not too long. Now you might be thinking, well, that's relative, right? (laughs) But when he said it, he only said it once, but I heard it twice. I know that's weird, but God is good. He can do that. Not have to repeat himself, but say something once in more than one way. If you are listening, you'll catch it. That's pretty cool. But he said, not too long, you know, like not too long from now. But at the same time, he was saying not too long. Like you won't be here longer than you have to be. I'll take you out when the time is right, when your assignment is finished. And I was like, yes, that was so encouraging to me. And it really gave me the strength to endure. So don't grow weary in your assignments. They might be shorter than you think. So get everything out of it that you're supposed to and put your all into it. Other people are depending on you to step into not only your calling, but your assignments, small and short and big and long, all assignments. Just a couple more things before we wrap this up. You don't get your identity from your experiences or your circumstances. Like an I did this, therefore I am this. No, experiences, circumstances, they cannot change identity. Bad experiences and assignments or anything else for that matter, they don't change who you are. We can't allow things to get flipped upside down to where we place more importance on assignment rather than identity. Identity trumps. Identity is where relationship lives. Calling, giftings, assignments are important, but not deal breakers. We cannot allow what might seem like a failed assignment or a missed calling to take us out. It can't because that's not actually who we are, rather what we do. And you've probably heard The saying, we aren't human doings, we are human beings. But in actuality, I say we are spirit beings. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? He says you're acting like mere humans, implying that they are not merely humans, but they are now new creations. So stop considering yourself just like the world. You are now born again of the Spirit. That is your new identity. Embrace your identity. Stay secure in that. Those things about you will not change. You are on a firm foundation in Christ, and He is the cornerstone. In Him, all things hold together. 
Find out what your calling and giftings are and grow in them, receive them, and ask God how to prepare to step into them. Finally, seek God's face for the assignment every day. You have new, many assignments every day and big ones too. I've heard a lot of talk lately about seeking God's face versus seeking His hand. Well, they are connected, so I say seek them both. Seek Him all the way, all the time, all of Him, and you won't miss out. Be receptive to what He shows you, whether it's through a word from Himself, a prophetic word from someone else, or however it comes. Just listen. Seek Him. Continue to grow in your awareness of your identity, discovering your calling, and jumping into your God-breathed assignments.